Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From the land of sky blue waters, welcome to the Soda Pod. You should join me here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. What's up, man? Anger. Long pause. Anger. Minnesota Minnesota sports, right? Minnesota sports. Yeah, we can continue to fall back on that as the excuse. Jeez. Look. What, what I will say, and we'll get into all of it this episode, folks. We thank all you listening. Out in St. Paul, a few feet away from the X, it was a sad, it was a sad, sad time. No one was burning anything down, though. And for the most part, everyone kind of celebrated that the best is still yet to come. At least the fans that we were hanging out with were a little bit more optimistic and not okay with the fact that they lost by any means, but that, you know, oh, when, when the whole cap issues off the books, when, you know, Rossi arrives, like think when, when who's Nadinov is here, everything will be better. This, this was, this was a year where, yeah, we should have got out of the first round, but it's not the end of the world. I feel like where we were at and the fans that we were surrounding ourselves with hoppy, were a little bit more level headed to that way, like to that direction. But still, this is, this is an episode of morning folks. this, we're going to do the hoppy hour at the end of the episode because we, we got to talk about the Minnesota Wild. We got to get into this series. We have to vent a little bit. But for the most part, I will say for the moment when the Wild lost to Dallas Stars in game six, there was less anger, less frustration, and more just, yep, period sort of vibe in the bar and around the people that we were, that we were with that night as we were downtown St. Paul. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, but I think you got to asterisk that too with the fact that the game had been over for quite a while. Like people had had time to work through it and come to grips with reality instead of it being a last minute loss and then processing everything on the spot. Like there was a late goal. There was a late goal where it it got me, it it got me a little bit excited. (laughs) I, I don't know if I've ever heard of the X being evacuated early in a playoff game. Dude, and I've seen so many pe- I saw so many people enter Tom Reed's and and even the and even the bar we were at. Oh, what yeah, was it? 10 hard. minutes before the end of the game and I knew they were coming right from right from oh, the arena. And it was well before that too though. Like uh, apparently after the first like 5 minutes of the third, plenty of people started leaving. Damn. So That's disappointing though cuz like I don't know. I feel like I would still stay yeah. till the end if I drove there at least till the last 5 minutes, you know what I mean? Shit, even if I was in Vancouver watching the Canucks blow it, I'd probably do that too. And Van- getting getting away from Rogers Arena downtown is way worse than the X in St. Paul. I'll tell you guys r- straight up. And I don't know. That's just the type of sports fan that I am. I don't know. Well, yeah. And I've I, one time it happened where Q talked me into leaving early because he's oh, like, I remember this. Yeah. Like beat traffic and shit. It was the season opener against Winnipeg. And we're up, we're down by two. And he talks me into it. I'm like, you know what? Fine, man. Minute and a half, two goals. Sure. You got me. We'll go. And 
we get to Tom Reed's walking by looking for our vehicle, which is like another block or two from there. And we see on the TVs, seven, seven going to overtime. I'm like, we are staying here and we are never leaving another game early again. He's like, I know. (laughs) So I would not leave either. Um, I mean, now if it was like a three or four goal deficit with that much time left. Yeah. That's yep. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, I mean, you're paying for just to, like to be Holy in the arena and just have the shit. We are watching live as we record. It's happened again. A record-setting franchise lost in the first round. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not watching right now, so please tell me that Florida just won. I don't know what else that could have possibly meant. Oh my goodness, Hoppy. This is incredible. Oh my goodness. And I believe it was the stud who does not get talked about enough. Carter Verhage who pulled it off. Wow. Um, I'm going to, that's insane, uh, man. Tell you what it's insane. And you're excited right now, but we might as well just get into this right away. Now the Florida Panthers match up with the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round. How do we feel? So, I asked Joe and I asked uh, our boy Josh Letty of Back Channel Brewing how they felt about that. I was like, do you, do you honestly think that like the Florida Panthers have a chance against the Maple Leafs? And they went, yeah, actually, we, we really do. Like for the lack of defense that the Florida Panthers have, they've clearly proven against the Boston Bruins that that's okay. And they have the firepower and offense to outmatch teams that can score a lot of goals. So Mm-mm. I personally... I'm shitting my pants. I'm scared. I do not want to see the Toronto Maple Leafs have any success. I am disgusted. I spent the last night puking at the time of this recording that the Leafs even advanced past the first round. I think this is the darkest timeline. Shout out to all the community fans out there. I mean, since 2011, I mean, I know it's taken a long time now, but the Leafs have finally made the second round. It's disgusting. This is the darkest timeline, folks. Like, oh, it, it was a terrible day for me yesterday. And now them having to play the Florida Panthers in the second round versus the Boston Bruins. Could the Leafs advance now to the Eastern finals? Shoot, man, they, they could. And it scares me a little bit. It scares me because I'm, I'm a realist over here. Just despite what you think, Hoppy, I'm a realist over here. And do I think the Leafs are the better team over the Panthers? Absolutely. Do I think the Leafs are probably going to beat the Panthers? Absolutely. But and, and I mean, everyone's probably in this camp. We thought the Bruins were going to beat the Panthers. Was this more of the Bruins shitting the bed or the Panthers rising to their level? It's definitely a combo. And I have to be the first one to raise my hand and say, but what I is shit. it more of? What is it more of? I, let me speak. Okay. I was the first to shit on the Panthers coming into the playoffs, saying that they are, a, they, they are the outlier. They should not be here. And I was very wrong. They impressed me quite a bit. I think it's more that Boston did not come to play. I really do. Especially when you watched this game seven, they looked like the Minnesota wild in game six. They looked flat. They looked disinterested. They didn't give a shit until the third period when you saw the team bounce back. And the big difference there, of course, when we're comparing them to the wild series, going up against a far lesser goalie, Bobrovsky compared to Ottinger and call spade a spade. Like, this isn't anything no one doesn't know. The Boston Bruins are just way more talented than the Wild. So it's a little bit easier for them to all of a sudden giddy up and change a game in the course of a period. But 
I genuinely do not. Uh, again, I'm, I guess I'm going to double down on it, even though I said that they proved me wrong. I don't think the Panthers have a shot in hell against Toronto because the way the teams match up, like you saw Toronto against Tampa. And I don't think that Florida can do much of the same things that Tampa does. Tampa had a thinner blue line at times. The blue line is pretty rough for Florida with the exception of like two guys. And we're talking about Bobrovsky instead of Vasilevsky. That, that's just black and white different. When you've got now three deep in the forward group, lines that can absolutely torch. And we, we got to give a shout out. I know you give zero love to Toronto, and I can respect zero. that. I will give love to Maddie Nyes, who has been an absolute fucking monster since he stepped in with them. And good for him. He, uh, hey, he, uh, has only lost one game in Amelie Arena in the past month, month and a half. And, uh, well, of course, it was the one that hurts me the most. So that's hilarious. Why shouldn't um, it be that way? Didn't he have the assist on the game in the, on Toronto's game winning goal? Yep, he did. Look, I, I tip my hat to him again. And, and I say this all the time like, I don't hate Toronto players, Toronto Maple Leaf players individually. I just like, I'm not going to give them any praise when they have that fucking sweater on them. Like, that's just, I cannot wait for Matthews. And this is an American player, okay, folks? I cannot wait for him to be with any other team so I can just swoon over him. You're American now. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, I always kind of was, but you want to be American now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just going to, I'm guessing it's a hard no, but just on the off chance, we're going to get the best slash worst form of Z if he wants to jump on right now. Oh, are you texting him right now? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This, folks, this would be a treat. This would be an absolute treat, both for the SEO and title of this podcast. Because every time Z jumps on, you know we get an extra like 50 people listen because he's the man, the myth, the legend. He's the star of Judd's Buds and our YouTube channel. Let's be perfectly honest. But uh, no, uh, I mean... So for, for me, though, it's really... I, I don't see Florida being able to... Like, if both teams are healthy, right? Like, all things equal. I think they will give a better fight than I would have guessed yep. a couple weeks ago. I think it's Leafs in... Five, maybe six, personally. I don't think that they're blowout games, but I think Toronto just has this firepower that it just isn't going to work. You know what's amazing, though, Hoppy? And this is why I love hockey. This is why I love the National Hockey League. And this is why I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. Because, like, no one expected this shit to happen. No one expected the Florida Panthers to tie this game in the last few, or in the last minute, force overtime, and then win in game seven. Yet. Here we are. And that is why I love this sport. That is why I love this tournament. That is why I love the Stanley Cup playoffs because anything can happen, man. So like 100%, the Florida Panthers, they they could, there is a timeline. There is a chance that they could beat the Maple Leafs based on the fact that they're just like, we just beat historically one of the best NHL teams to play a regular season. They just did. They beat one of the best that will go down in history. In their minds, they're they're playing. They're like, we're playing with house fucking money right now. And when you have Paul Maurice behind the bench, man, that guy, there's just something about the way that he gets the bench reinvigorated and his strategizing. Like, he even can make Radko Gudis look like a okay at best hockey player out there. So, I'm just giddy right now that there is some 
drama for lack of a better term and that there's a storyline in this playoffs that we can move forward to into the second round in the East because no one saw this coming. Like the Leafs, it's one of those things where like every year they're expected to do good. So when they don't, we're just like, it's like a meme. We're like, oh, of course the Leafs didn't make it, whatever. But like every year they're actually a good team. We didn't expect the Florida Panthers to even necessarily even make the playoffs coming into the or coming out of the East this year. And here they are in the second round, just beat the best NHL team this year in one of the historic best teams in the in the nhl regular season so it is crazy and like i said it's happening in real time that at the time of this recording and i'm just giddy for the storyline because i love this sport and i love this uh these playoffs and and putting your bias aside obviously like people that want to sit back and laugh at toronto maple leaf failure like that's one team and yes it is like the pinnacle for toronto like in comparison but it's one team when Minnesota as a whole across all major sports has been the Toronto Maple Leafs. So like if anyone should be like empathizing and like, you know what? Good for them. It's Minnesotans, which you are not yet. So you can continue to go about what you need to do. But like, I, I personally, it's like, you know what? Like I wish we were them. So, (laughs) and by the way, uh, I, I know I don't I don't uh, see eye to eye, and I don't even know if you listen to this podcast or not. But shout out to Beast Mode on Twitter. He's a Canucks fan who he speaks his truth. Okay, and sometimes I don't agree with him. Sometimes I do. But for uh, for better or for worse, he's blunt, and I respect his takes. Um, he was like, "Oh, big whoop! Everyone cheering for a team that did what a fucking Jim Benning team could do." And oh wait, Jim Benning's team went to the Western Finals, and he just did like the clap emoji. And I just thought that was hilarious that like, I was like, oh yeah, the Canucks did make the Western finals just a few years ago. And who did they beat in the first round again? Oh yeah. The Minnesota wild. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. We'll move on. We'll get back on track. Let's get, let's talk a little wild here. Hoppy before we get into some of the positives of like just some of the immediate raw takeaways from the regular season. Again, we're going to, we're going to milk every storyline that we can from the Minnesota wild moving into the summer. We got the draft coming up and everything like that, folks, you know, we're going to continue to do summer episodes for you. But again, this episode, this is our raw reaction and thoughts to the wild hoppy after the game six loss. I mean, here we go, man. This is your time to vent. What are some things you want to get into? It, I mean, it, it's frustrating. It's angering, obviously. And it's weird, though, because it shouldn't be, because if we're all being honest with ourselves, Dallas Stars are a better team, flat out. Even without Joe Pavelski, they are a better team than the Wild. But what's frustrating is they gave us every chance. We had every opportunity to beat this team. And, man, there's a lot of places you can point the blame. But plain and simple, everyone wants to freak out at the refs. Refing has been questionable throughout the playoffs. Every series, both ways in our series, did we maybe get a little bit more of the brunt? Sure. Kill a fucking penalty. Score on a fucking power play or shut the fuck up. Like, I I have no time for the bitching and complaining when we do nothing to help ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out to Saad Youssef. I know he uh, tried to poke the wild fans a little bit. Um, But, I mean, good writer and he's been pretty good in the coverage of this series he wrote an article that i shared uh today sunday uh for those listening just breaking down how DeBoer basically muscled evison in the coaching battle and it wasn't even an x's nose thing which is funny because we talked a lot last year how craig berube made huge adjustments 
and we did nothing to counterpunch. The Dallas Stars didn't even change anything, and he said as much. Like They stuck to the game plan because they knew they were the better team, and if they could stick to their game plan over the course of a seven-game series, they had us, and apparently they were right. But where he won is, some might say pandering, but really just out-gamesmanshipping, which isn't even a real word. Out-gamesmanshipping, we're going to go with it, Dean Evason. Evison bitched and complained the entire playoffs about refing. DeBoer, after watching Pavelski go down, emotions are high, and you know they thought that that should have been penalized harder, even though it's wrong. He kept his emotions intact in the press conference, and he said, you know, we got the best refs in the league. Obviously, I, you know, didn't like what I saw in that hit. They got a chance to review it several times. They came out and said it's reduced to a two-minute penalty. I guess we have to go with what they said. And every time, as soon as Dino leaned in and started bitching and complaining, oh, yeah, they're just class act divers, he came right back at him. And he's like, you know what? If I was one of the top penalized teams in the NHL, I'd probably say the same thing. That's actually brilliant coaching, just like the backhanded compliment. But to really seal it in, like, yeah, I would probably try and magnify that too, which is funny because, yes, the Wild were like top five, six, penalized teams in the regular season Dallas wasn't that far behind but it's just the narrative and the way he played it I think it's brilliant like people want to say oh he's pandering he's a bitch like no he's fucking smart period DeBoer he's one of the best coaches for a reason like for everything he does on the ice and everything he does off the ice he plays the game the media game the whole nine yards like he's one of the best for for a reason and I mean (laughs) And he's been involved in coaching controversial calls, injuries, hits on the ice before. Let, let's be honest. So oh, he's oh, seasoned. Wait, you, you couldn't be talking about a five-minute major that ended up basically turning a series. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not referring to that at all. <laughs> so he's seasoned to this shit right now. Where uh, Everson, he's still new, right? He's still new to it. Everson's an emotional guy, and I think... <laughs> but I, I kind of love wants- him for that. I kind of love him for just the expressions when the camera goes to him after something, he's just, just staring at the camera oh, there. Just like, like turning like, red cheeks. All puffed around. Up. It's like, yeah. it's like the fucking predator. Like he looks like a noise, serial like, killer, eh. but he, he, you can tell he wants to be more calculated and then he starts talking and then the emotions just take over. Right. Like, it's not like he's just like flat out all caution to the wind. Like he tries and then the wires cross, and he's like, fuck this. I'm telling him what I want to say. Because Hoppy, he's still a hockey player at heart. Like, he's still an yeah. NHL player. Like, he's he's not 100% a coach yet, right? Like, he's still got that, like, 20% like player in him who's just like, oh, God damn it. I, if I was out there right now, these are the emotions I'd be showing, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, uh, refuses, absolutely refuses to make changes. Oh. Like, and say what you will. Like, maybe there aren't changes to be made. At least fucking try. Like, give me something besides, oh, we're going to, for one game, swap Zuccarello and Johansson. Uh, my biggest gripe in, well... The, in the most important game of all the games, too, which is like, oh, my God. Dude. I, I Honestly, I hate when coaches do that, and I see that so often. Shoot, man, I see that in game seven sometimes, not even game six. And I know it's like 
it doesn't really matter. It's an elimination game regardless, but well, it's just it like you have time. Well that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you've had time. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to try this out now? And I, I get the perspective of, well, everything else wasn't working, so we might as well. But like, <laughs> oh, I just, it, it just pisses that's me off. what I'm saying. I want to see more change than that. Like, but earlier on so that you're not rolling the dice in game six. You know what I mean? But explain to me what planet you have to fucking be on to not give Gus Nyquist a chance in the top six. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, dude. He was one of the more consistent players. I have it in my notes. He, he was he was the most for me. He stood out the most because and I'm not saying that he was better than everyone else. I was just saying I did not expect him to stand out at all. And every game, I took away some positives from from Nyquist. And I was like, holy fuck, like, this was a good acquisition because even if it was the third the, the third line pairings or, like, the matchups, for example, like, he was still, like, <laughs> destroying the opposition and making them look like boys out there. And he was just, like, the man amongst boys on the ice for the most part when he was getting some good matchups. And I would say, other than in crunch time when he was out there and, like, clutch moments of the wild or losing down or whatever. Sure. He didn't look spectacular, but for the most part, I think he was one of the best wild players in the first round personally uh, in this series. Yeah. I mean, he's in the conversation, the one that stood out the most for me, if we're being honest and people probably yell bias, I don't. Okay, cool. Brock Faber was lights out. Like he, he was, he was tremendous as well. He, had so much composure coming in from playing college hockey from having the most like traumatic game that he's probably ever endured uh still haunted that he didn't get out on the ice for that overtime and he he stepped in without missing a step and he it's not that he like stood out and made amazing flashy plays every single game it's more for me that he never really looked out of place yeah, and I guess for me, and this is funny to say, being that like I'm the Canadian on this podcast, but like I expected him to do that watching and I didn't even watch as many Gophers games as you did this year. But like from what I did watch and from what I watched the few the few games last year, too, and just everything I read on him, I expected him to come in and do just that talking to Z everything. Whereas Nyquist, I didn't expect him to make the impact that he made, in my opinion, I didn't expect him to do that. So when he did, I was like fucking rights. Cause I know how good of a player he is, but he's getting older. Right. Like, but in his prime, I was a huge fan of uh, Gustav Nyquist. So I was like, fuck on this team. Like he can actually be a solid top six guy. The fact that they're not playing him in that talks top six, giving him some better opportunities, giving the wild, some honestly, some ammunition to their, their top six. As far as the matchups goes, I didn't get it. Cause he can, he's way more of a physical player than I, than I remember him being on uh the Detroit Red Wings and he and he's obviously got the offense he's what like a 40 to 60 point player in the, in the league when he's when he's on in 82 games and it's just like man I, I just don't get it and I get maybe the unfamiliarity maybe the coming off of injury but that was my only hesitation like I didn't question the talent the injury definitely had me like well what version are we gonna get but he was and throwing some hits he was super yeah. physical after two games in if I again right I'm no coach, I'm not GM, but if I was, I'd be like, okay, this guy, he's got it. Let's go. Let's roll Just with him. Try like try it. Yeah. That's cool. Guess what? If it's bad for a period, a period and a half, you can switch back. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, no, Dean may not be aware of this actually. So that might have been part of the calculation for him. Uh, Dean, you are allowed to make in-game changes. So <laughs> in the future, that could be helpful. 
Um, but yes, I, I think Nyquist was one of the ones that the most glaring one that I would have loved to see addressed. I even, I mean, I'm not going to get too far down the well of the power play because it's just disgusting to me. But I do think at if we reach the point where we weren't seeing anything effective, let Brock Faber try, I guess. Like, nothing else was working. Try something new. Or, again, get Nyquist more involved there. I don't know. Do something, please, for the love of God. It was not working. Oh, man. Yeah, the power play was atrocious. We talked about on the their last episode too and the whole Kalen Addison thing. And we'll get into it more. Yeah, we don't I mean, we're, need to get into him at all. I'm sure fine. we'll have a whole episode dedicated to him when he's traded to Winnipeg. So what's one yeah. of give us? I don't know. Whatever. That, we're not talking about that now. Uh I guess the real question, one of the many things that people are shouting for. Do any, and if so, how many coaches get fired? Oh. That's a good question because there's always a few that like I didn't expect who I'm like, oh, this season wasn't that bad. That that's weird that you're moving on from. And then there's a few that like I'm surprised still have their job. And then there's the ones that were like, okay, we we kind of all know based on how like the media is portraying it, based on the storylines, and based on obviously how the season went. So that's a good question. Honestly, without having just like <laughs> the even the season and like the stats or hockey DB in front of me, I, I couldn't even just give you a a guess off the top of my head, but like, what what's your number, Hoppy? Right, like, what is you what don't is even your have number? A thought on it. So that's that's something that I kind of want to, yeah. So if anyone, everyone listening to this podcast, like, let let us know, let us know, connect with us on social media at Soda Pod. Now, yeah, I, I, I thought you would actually have an opinion. Uh, my, I opinion mean, at is... least at least like five, I think. But like, I couldn't go oh, through so like wild. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus. I thought you were talking about league-wide, dude. Oh, I'm like, I don't even know. Minnesota Wild. <laughs> oh, we to the Wild. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and we, we talked about this right right after, actually, they lost. We were, all, we were all at the pub talking about this, and we were going back and forth being like, is this Dean's last year? And it seemed like everyone who we were hanging out with said that Dean's probably going to stay, but that everybody else was going to leave. Now, in my opinion, I think if you're going to do that, you might as well just kick Dean out the door too and just start fresh because you may actually see the benefit of a head coach bringing in some of their own assistants who's been with them for a long time and who work well with them. And that could be great for a, for a bench there. I don't know what the value is of taking away his assistants, even if they were there for the wild long-term before him. Well, and just kicking out the head coach or vice versa and bringing in new assistants who the coach doesn't necessarily have that great a rapport in, in my opinion, it's like, if you're going to clean out the assistants, clean the f- clean house, clean the head coach as well. It's a scapegoat move. That's what it is. Uh, the reason that you get rid of the assistants is to say it was on them. They're the ones that ran special teams. That's why things were so bad. <sighs> and you buy Dean one more year, uh, especially because he just got extended. Like, that just happened. So yeah, but this is coaching. This isn't players. Like that doesn't matter. It billionaire owners. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter. Dollars and cents. Isha. It matters as far as like, yeah, we literally just extended this guy for three years and I've changed my mind. Like what, what can change so dramatically that you go from, I just gave you a three-year contract to, Oh, never mind. Like that, that is something from uh, whether it's, 
I, no, I Gary's perspective or even the owner, like you look kind of fucking dumb. Oh, yes, but only if there's not another opportunity to bring in someone who is a hundred percent better in the in the eyes of the fans and the entire organization. Now, is there someone out there right now? Maybe I don't know. I'm not even going to propose a name, but like, if that's the case, then you don't look like an idiot. You look like I'm jumping on opportunity sure. and I'm a badass. Cause yeah, I just extended this guy and you know what? We found someone better. So we're going for it because that's professional sports. Yeah. But I also think that there is an element of it where you clearly disagree, but I do think there can be value to cleaning out the assistance. It's a crutch. It's a comfort thing. It's a wake up call for Dean and you can bring in guys that can take more responsibility off of Dean's shoulder and let him focus on whatever the fuck it is that Bill Guerin thinks that, he, that he's good at. So I, I, if they fired him, would I like sit here and agonize? No. Am I sitting here crying for Dean to be fired immediately? No. And I feel like everyone's like very on either end. It's either like, no, you can't fire him or yes, absolutely fire him. Like I'm pretty neutral on it. I would lean towards, I don't think that he will be fired, but I do think, at least one, if not multiple assistants are gone. But I guess that leads to my second question. The other thing that I've heard a lot of talk about is the leadership group. Does there need to be a shakeup? Do we need a new captain? And is that a bigger issue than the coaching or not? Ryan Reeves, new captain. Let's go. Brett might stab you. Clip it. Brett. You're going to have to make your t-shirt soon, buddy, because it's happening. So now if we're going to be serious about the question I just asked. <sighs> honestly, man, a it, problem. should Jared Spurgeon be the captain? I honestly am not. I do not believe that moving that letter around the locker room, if you keep the exact same core people there matters at all, because the leaders don't need that fucking letter to show that they're actually leaders. Let's be I, honest, because, I, and again, I, I, and, I, and I, as someone who's followed the, the Canucks in their heyday, I can say just that, like, the Sedins didn't talk in that room. Now, when they, and I've made the comparison to them and Jared Spurgeon in the past, where, like, when they speak, maybe everyone's like, oh, shit, like, these are the silent captains. When they speak, we listen, because usually they're the ones who are lead by example. But, like, you know, regardless of the letter you wear on that sweater, who the leaders are in that room, because any team, any Shit, any work environment shaped in that style, man, is professional sports. Whether you're in a team, a, a fight camp, it doesn't matter. Like there are the leaders based on like the roles that you just that that they end up becoming, right? And I think that's, I think that naturally happens in a professional sports locker room, anyways. So I don't think it matters at all inside the room, which will translate on the ice. Now, if they shook up the locker room a little bit, even a, a couple more or even two different players, let's say they swap two different leaders, you know, relevant players in there and they change it up and maybe gave them a letter and said, like, you know, you earned it based off training camp and people have bought into you're now a captain. Then that might shake up the dynamic for a season. But straight up giving, I don't know, Felino the C over Spurgeon, is that really going to make a difference? 
Well, there's people no. that think that Felino shouldn't have played anymore in the series, so there's that. But uh, let, let's frame it then very Caprizov directly. That. You give Kaprizov the C, you think that's going to matter at all? He's not if saying shit in the locker Kaprizov, room. If they give Kaprizov the C, I no, but, but, no, but you know what I mean. Like uh, there was there was a portion so, in the National Hockey League up. time in the 2000s where they just gave the best player the fucking C, and it didn't matter. Like do, uh, copy Luongo had the C for a year. Okay, like yeah, he's, he's a goaltender. <laughs> he's um, a goaltender. <laughs> I don't see why that has to matter, but uh, no. let's frame it this way then. Jared Spurgeon, you said it yourself, like more of a quiet leader. Yeah. And I, I would say a good leader, largely. We saw the wild come out flat in multiple games. Could not elevate their play, could not get up for a fucking playoff game. Does that stem to a captain who is not getting them amped up for the game? Or is that is the whole locker room fucked up or is there something else going on? No, I think it, it comes down to this. They don't have a player who's raw, raw, like some of their guys who are in their bottom six, but who can play like some of their guys in their top six. They like imagine if they had a guy who was a 70 point player, scored 25 to 30 goals, and had Reeves's swagger and fucking raw, raw ability, or even Felino's. That would be the guy who gets you ready for that type of game because you know he's going to deliver, you know, he's going to go out there and do his thing, and he also is going to lead, lead by example and make sure the guys are accountable. I'll, uh, you know. And again, I'm just going by comparisons off the top of my head because Canucks had a lot of playoff success when I was following them when I was younger. But like Burroughs and Kessler, man, like they were those vocal leaders that are like, I am bleeding on the fucking ice right now and I'm putting up points. You guys have to do that as well. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the Wild don't have that. They just don't because Hartman isn't at that level. He's not. Reeves, <laughs> not even close to that level. You know what I mean? Okay, they, sure. they don't have that. Kaprizov barely speaks English. He sure. ain't at, you know what I mean? But let's let's go off that then. Are you what percent of the blame in this series are you putting on Kaprizov and Boldy? Be, you know what? I'll put a lot. I'll put a lot of blame on them just because like they were the guys that had to that had to score, and I don't care if they were injured or not. Like they were in there, they were expected to do more. So I'll, I'll put. Do you want me to give you a percent? I, I put quite a bit of blame on them, especially, especially in the final two games. They, they half, were non-existent. Half, they, a third, a fourth? I'll put, I'll, I'll put a, a third, especially because game, game six and five, they were non-existent. They were non-existent. And they had to be. The series, dude. But those in particular, yeah. nothing. Now, I will... I'll, uh, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. There's a lot of people that are getting upset and saying, oh, 49 sheets, you got to show up like you gotta contribute more right uh he's not making that yet in fairness <laughs> no and first real big year i get it but again when when you're so thin like the wild are with stars up against a team like dallas who are three lines deep of stars like i'm sorry first year second year third year making first year with your big sheets rookie contract i don't care you were a guy that they're leaning on for offense you're one of the big dogs you have to produce but how i'm not saying that this is okay but i think we've all established that matt baldy doesn't go solo right he needs to have people that he's comfortable working with people that really suit his style of play really good compliments to what he needs 
I don't know if Johansson was healthy through that whole playoff. No. I mean, and I think Russo it showed, said, and then losing Ack, like all of that, Boldy was playing great leading up. He literally had his entire line torn away from him. Yeah. I'm not saying that makes it okay and he should not disappear the way he did, but I do think there's something to be said for that at this point in his career. I think if two years from now he is completely reliant on his line mates, we overpaid the guy. No, I think and you can get there though. That that's a good point. Russo did tweet out that like there were a lot of banged up players on the team. Now it's Stanley Cup playoffs, everyone's banged up, even in the first round. I get it. Are you there hurt were... or are you injured? That that's yeah. the key though. Are no, for sure. And look. If if Eck was healthy going into that series, would have been different. Absolutely, absolutely. I think he's a guy that gets the team up. Let's be completely honest. Like, we, we yes, no, no. Sure. He is the only one. He's the only one who's in that top six and who oh. has that raw raw ability and who can back it up because he blood, sweat, and tears on the ice. Right. I, I, I do think it's important though. Like we talked about this, right? Dallas was the better team. Period. Like no matter what you want to look at from each game. And I think between Gustafson stealing a game for us in game one and game three being an absolutely electric environment. I've never seen the X like that. I've been to a lot of games. That was the rowdiest bunch of fans I've ever seen. But I think that comes from Shaw doing let's play hockey. I think that comes from the team, all the fans seeing that game one win and being like, holy shit, maybe we got a chance. But then to your point, the guy who gets him up and rallies him, I started that game, went yep. down right away. And that was the only game where you saw that real jump right away. And I think there were parts of games where the team did play okay, like not even okay, like played well. Like I thought the start of game six, they actually looked great. Then Rupe Hintz scores a really nice goal off of what we all thought was a goal. And that fucking deflated us instantly the game was over right then and there Uh, you will not convince me otherwise the team totally gave up hung their heads poor us what was me turn of events it was it was the same in game five when they after felino got the penalty ejected they got scored on done the body language was that yeah that's the problem though like i'm not saying that is or isn't on spurgeon but i think that's where a lot of people are coming from is you need a leader. You need someone that can rally the troops and be like, boys, we're five, 10 minutes into this game. It ain't fucking over. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying that I advocate either way. I just like, I've seen people talking about it. Wanted your opinion. Like, should there be a leadership change? Yes or no. Sounds like you're saying no. I, I don't think there needs to be. If there is, I'm indifferent because I don't know who the fuck is going to really, unless you, unless you give it to Eck, I don't know who really else is yeah. going to get them to that next level. You know what I mean? Are, like, are you worried about replacing Dumba from that aspect? Not on ice, but from a leadership perspective. Um, I'm not worried, but it could make an impact. Yeah. You know? Um, it, it's going to be interesting. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, I mean, honestly, man, like last year, this year and next year, they're all probably going to look the same. Let's be honest. Like until you can, until Rossi pops, until some of these prospects, forward prospects, become and again, knock on wood, become those stars in the National Hockey League that they need, that the Wild need. The reason they drafted them, you know, the the, the pl- everything goes according to plan. The contracts are off the books. Like we're not going to see. 
team, we're not going to see this, the success that teams like Dallas do because, again, you go to, there were flashes of it. And like, I drank the Kool Aid just for a little bit and then I came back down to earth. I think a lot of the wild fans drank the Kool Aid as well. We all knew, all of us true hockey fans knew that the Dallas Stars were going to beat the wild. Like, we all knew, especially against this team who were more healthy than the wild. I mean, shit, man, the wild full healthy going against the Dallas Stars would have been the challenge. Like, the wild were injured going up against them. Yeah. And kudos to them No, to to show some positivity and some props. Like the fact that the wild did put up a great, great fight in the early parts of the series. Like it's amazing. The fact that this young goaltender, Philip Gustafson did what he did stole a game. Like it's incredible. The fact that, you know, these, some, some of the death players on the wild really showed up as well. Like that younger death players, like this is all positives, but we all knew that like this wasn't the year. So I'm not gutted as someone who covers this team, follows this team, and who's a fan of this team. Like, I'm not gutted because I didn't believe that this was the year. Much like, you know, going back full circle of the Toronto Maple Leafs, like a lot of their fans the last few years have been like, this could be our year based on like how good they were, how awesome the team was. Like, yeah. I'm still in the camp that like last year, this year, and next year are going to be kind of the same for the Minnesota Wild until some of the prospects pop, until those contracts are off the book and you oh, can right. finally build this team and be like, this is the, the playoff slash Stanley Cup team that we're like, we're putting the chips, you know, in the center for the next three to four years. You know what I mean? It, we so quickly forget that we are dealing with those buyouts and everyone, oh, the self-inflicted wounds. We needed to get those guys out, clearly. Like, that's been established. If they were still here, we would actually have less cap space. So, like, say what the fuck you want. It would be a problem. We might not even be a playoff team. But, like, you knew coming in, this was not the expectation. No one thought that it was going to be a Stanley Cup. But I will say, also positive, and maybe this is a little bit too arrogant i think dallas stars beat whoever advances here between seattle and colorado in four or five games i think that they outmatch both of them so mightily it's not even fair so they're my team to win the cup i said it a few weeks ago and i'm saying it now like they're they're legit and they don't seem to be as banged up as some of the other top tier teams that people said were going to win the cup this year well pavelski might come back too dude I'm as much as wild fans may hate me to say this, like go Dallas, man. If if they're going to, if the wild will lose to the team that say even goes to the Stanley cup finals, you can look at it hindsight in the summer and be like, you know what? Fucking rights. We put up a good fight with a team that didn't have Eck injured. Apparently Caprizo potentially injured Johansson. Again, again, Russo had a tweet. He listed all the players who were banged up. Like the, the team I had a ton of band-aids on. <laughs> I want to know how banged up again. You can still be a little bit more proud of your team. I think after if, if the Dallas stars go far and be like, you know what? We, we put up a good fight against the team that no, no, you're not. You're not pivoting me to positivity. It's not even a matter of like being gutted, right? Like, it's not like, oh man, I thought we were going to win and we didn't. It's more. They didn't put up a fucking fight. That pisses me off. They like, to do that in front of your fans, especially in game six, come out that fucking flat and give that kind of performance. I think it's bullshit. And yes, I I think there's a lot of positives. Like if Dallas goes on a run, like you said, that's a measuring stick. Now, you know what the bar is and what you need to do to try and get to that level. 
but I, I don't accept it and say, oh, yeah, we put up a good fight with that guy and with guys that were injured a little bit. It was still a candy ass effort at times. And there were times where they were great. Like game four, we lost and it was competitive. Yeah, I'm good with that. I can yep. live with that. Give me a fucking effort. And we didn't see that in game five or six. And that is why I am upset. No, yeah. And and fair enough in all fans. I, I think are mostly in in that camp, Hoppy, where they're not even mad at Dallas. They're well, mad they at themselves. Want, they want to fire Garen. <laughs> like, most people have gone full nuclear on it, which is oh, just ridiculous. Geez. But it I, is... I, do, I, I am at a place where I am not willing to say, like, oh, hey, like, there's good things to take from this. No, like, the thing to take from this is fucking show up, period. Well, and on that note, and maybe we'll start we'll lean towards the conclusion of the podcast with this too here because we can go down so many different strands playoff wise after and we're almost we're 45 minutes into this thing but like we know the type of player the type of gm and the type of person that billy garen is do you think that he constructs this team a little bit more maybe heavy is the wrong word but dog because you can get smaller guys with dog in them do you think that maybe there's there are some changes to this roster, not wholesale changes, but maybe some players who have a little bit more dog in them are on this team next year because of that lack of fight that we saw in game five and six and not literally just that, that, that drive to win. It's funny you say that because there are a lot of people who are arguing that Bill Guerin put too many of those players on the team. Oh, and Br- Brett, what the fuck? There's plenty. No, no, I mean, not like I think part of it is being stuck with the cap, right? You've got a couple of guys making big boy money. You got those buyouts. It's hard for you to make a big boy swing, be that trade or free agency. I think that, yes, Garen is that kind of player and he wants to bring them in. That's why he's about, you know, a Marcus Felino. That's why he like looks at a guy like Ryan Reeves and says, yeah, I know he's not going to translate to goals and points, but what he does for the locker room and what he brings in different areas is important. I, I think those things are still important. And I think he thought he had those guys. So whether it's recalibrating and saying that's not the plan or recalibrating and saying, okay, I got to find the right guys that fit that mold. I don't know which it is to be completely honest. And I'm, I'm really curious to see what it is. And maybe it's, He's never going to accept losing. That's that's not Bill Guerin. But let's be real. To win a Stanley Cup with those buyouts in the next two years would be like a historic achievement. Oh, that, yeah. That's just not happening. It's not. So no. what does he do in the meantime? Does he make little tweaks and try and slowly progress knowing that, hey, we're going to do some ridiculous shit once that money falls off? Or is he still figuring out what the identity of the team needs to be? I don't know that answer. That's something we'll probably explore a lot more over the summer. No, but I, I don't like when people are like, oh, the identity. We don't know what the fuck this team's identity is going to be until some of these prospects are on the team because they're going to be the ones that are the new face well, of the wild. The like Marco until Rossi, who's Nadinov, and some of these defensemen are even on the team, identity doesn't even matter because it's it's the wild are you know, two top players less than any other team because of the cap right now. And they are deep with third liners. That's the identity. And that's going to be the identity for the next two, two, three, like two years. I, I truly don't think, and again, like you can say that they're, they're a deep team. That's the identity folks. 
for better or for worse. That's the identity until these young players enter the organization, you know, at the NHL level. And we start to see what this team is actually going to look like, you know, past you know, this, this era Caprizov's true winning time with the team. You know what I mean? And that's going to be in two years. Problem is man. I disagree with you and it's not just you. I think it's most wild fans. I don't think we're a deep team. I don't No, deep I, with third I, liners, but you look across the league. Most teams are deeper than us. Uh, like, let's be real. Like, yes, when, when things were going at their best, when we were on like a month streak of torching, yeah, we looked like the deepest team ever because, oh, weird, everything's clicking and everyone's scoring. Realistically, once the, the Jeek line of last year, or the Grief line, sorry, of last year proved to not work anymore, you lost a huge element there. That was an identity line for this team, and it's gone. It's not coming back, at least not at, that I can see. Then you have guys that are stranded on islands. I think Erickson Eck can play wherever. He's fine. Um, we've talked about it. I think on a Stanley Cup winning team, he's probably a third line type center. But I got no problem with him being on a second line, especially if it's balanced the way that it was this year. No, he can but score 20 goals on that line. So let's go. Know, we knew there was going to be regression from last year. Wasn't a great year for him. Let's be yeah. honest. Like he definitely like had a physical presence. He led the team. He did a lot of those intangibles on ice. Didn't give me a whole lot to be excited about this year. And injured uh, too. Injured too this year, right? Year? No, no, but like faced I'm injuries all year, dude. No, I know, but faced injuries at the beginning of the season came back, faced injuries later sure. in the season. Like it wasn't a linear, easy. And again, not, it's not an excuse. I'm just like, it was a bad year all around. Injury side wasn't consistent. It wasn't like he was out once and then came back and had like a big chunk of time. It was like, it seemed like he was always facing something. So I was, I was disappointed with his season as well. I get it. And you know what? We, we don't have to run down the whole roster. Like, I'll, no, I'll no, but you know, you make a great, you, you make a great point there, but it's fun. And, and it's funny. Cause like, I've thought about that too, but then like somehow they still win. So it's like, I can look yeah. on paper, I can compare them to other teams, and I can say that, like, yeah, they're not with some of these names. Like, a Goudreau only getting, what, he only got 38 points, yet he's, like, was kind of the second-line center for this team at many times of, of the season. They still win. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> I still have to call them deep if they've every line kind of contributes, mm. even if Kaprizov is the one usually just scoring that game winner. Like I, it, they're a very unique team. Can, can we call them that? At least they're, they're a unique team, the Minnesota wild, if not deep. Cause like, I, I don't even have the words for them sometime. Cause like, yeah, they're deep based on their winning and every line's kind of contributing and getting good matchups. But like, to your point, you, you compare them to other quote unquote deep teams, the national hockey league. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like they don't have shit on their third line. You know, if you look at hockey DB or things like that, and, and so I love our fourth line, but like that's not deep in my opinion. That is a characteristic fourth line. Um, as, I, as much as I want Duhame to be like a 25 point, 30 point fourth liner, he's not. He's a what, yeah, 17 or game. 10 point I love guy. What Dewar brings. I thought Reeves like did a lot more than people realize. That's still yeah. a very standard fourth line in the NHL. That does not make you deep. Last topic, though, that I want to hit on, and we don't have to go too deep into it, but I need your immediate raw emotion on it. A lot of people either want or think 
Rossi's getting traded. Uh, that that's what the fuck, dude. These are the knee jerk people who are like, we lost a fucking first round Stanley Cup playoff series in a cup year that we were had no business winning the cup, and we have to make wholesale changes. Uh, I mean, okay, I, I can play devil's advocate on that one. Like, I don't think it's an overreaction to the playoffs. I think it's an overreaction to him not getting NHL time yet. They keep on saying he's not ready. He spent a lot of the year in the AHL. It's been so long. When's he going to pop? And I think part of it too is, and this is me assuming, if I had to like look from their angle, where the fuck's he going to play? We got three centers next year that realistically slot above him. Who is he going to jump over? Hartman, Eck, Goudreau. Does Hartman slide over to the wing? Does Goudreau slide to the wing? Like, what? what is the way to get Rossi into the lineup next year? Well, fuck, man. I hope he jumps Goudreau and Hartman. You know what I mean? That that's that's the plan. That that's what should happen. That's what I'm hoping. Now, if he doesn't do that, yeah, okay, maybe we can ring the alarm bells next season. This season, I think it was still too early. I think people who say, "Oh, he had one year in the AHL or a, a year and a few games here," it's like you need sometimes two, maybe even three, but most of the time, at least two in the AHL to develop, and that's okay. That's okay, because people who expect guys from the OHL, from the CHL, to come right in, like, it's not going to happen all the time. It's just not. I don't care if they're in the top 10 in the draft. It just doesn't happen all the time. And if people are going to say, oh, well, AHL, why is he developing there? Because it's one of the best places to develop, especially if you want to develop with, like, that rough and tough style. Like, him in fucking Sweden would have done nothing. Him in fucking the Finland would have done nothing at this point. Him in the AHL after playing in the CHL, it's a progression. And how many NHL players have we seen who've not even superstars, just other depth players who've become top six players who've taken that route? So many, like hundreds, thousands, maybe even in the entirety of the National Hockey League's history. So like this year, if he makes the team out of camp and then just does nothing, can't solidify himself to be above either of those guys, then then let's ring the alarm bells. Then Tony, then wilderness well, hockey. What if then you can ring the fucking alarm it's, bells? It's not just them. And let's put it this way though. If you wait until then, is it too late? Can you not recuperate anything for that asset? Like it is part of it. Let's trade him now before it is decided that it's not going to work because we're not sure if it's going to work. Like what, what's your confidence level? Give me, give me a percentage, roughly your confidence that Marco Rossi is a true, like, at least second line center in the NHL. Dude, I'm I'm confident, man. Like okay. I'm very confident. Okay. So then yeah. I'm and I'm with you in your yeah. thinking. I'm just saying I understand where people are like, there's not really a good path. He hasn't been able to do it when we've pulled him up, which I'm with you. Like he hasn't really been put in a position to succeed. But yeah, if you wait too long, then you're real fucked. And I and I get that, but at but this is pro sports, man. Don't you want to at least not give up on your guy versus getting some, you know, because they're not getting like the the craziest value for him right now. Like they're gonna get value again, better than what whatever they'll get. But like, I'm I'm with you. I got the jersey right behind Poppy, me. Like Cam Neely still haunts me. Cam Neely still haunts me, and I wasn't even born back then, dude. Like, <laughs> just the history of that haunts me as a Canucks fan. Like, three years in Vancouver, they gave up on him. Look what he did with the Boston Bruins. I mean... I think that was a different time. No, but it's something I will always lean back on, man. Like, 
Yeah, and you Three got Marcus Haslam because Pittsburgh gave up on him too early. Like, you want to play that fucking game? No, but uh, th- well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you just you you can't give up on your guys too early. Like, uh, sure, you y- you can't because we've seen this story before. Especially a guy he's he's that good, man. And he's it's not Cam like Neely or Marcus Naslund. Who do you want? Oh, Cam Neely. That's the wrong answer. Look, I love you, Naslin, but you know you know the type of hockey that I like. I hockey love and Cam Naslin, Neely man. was a fucking warrior out there, man. With a solid uh with a solid acting career as well. <laughs> Would he have had that acting career though if he was in Vancouver? And they film a lot the states film a lot of their stuff in Vancouver for cheap. So I'm sure he would have had some opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have been in Dumb and Dumber though. <laughs> that that was necessary. But okay. I mean that that's that's it for the topics I had. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss? No, I mean, honestly, I think we uh, we went a little. Not that we really had a script for those uh, for those listening. We kind of just had a few topics that we we prepped on going into this, but we wanted we wanted it to be a little bit raw. We wanted it to be we wanted it to flow as it did, just raw, real reaction and thoughts to the Minnesota Wild season playoffs, and you know, a little bit on what their future will be. We'll continue to follow this team but we'll have summer episodes for you guys off-season episodes how we'll continue to cover the stanley cup playoffs don't you worry we're, we're just as much hockey fanatics as we are you know wild fans as well folks so uh this was more like i said of a raw reactionary episode and we even went longer than i thought we would which is okay we have more topics which we'll get into in later episodes talking about you know some of the positives from the season we'll break down the entire season We'll break down further, you know, some of their playoff performance, some of their playoff performance compared to, you know, some of the other teams that we see down the road. And there's uh, a lot just from the the makeup of this team. Like, there's a lot to figure out the salary cap. There's a lot of for sure. RFAs, UFAs. Like, there's plenty to get into. But yeah, right now it sucks. And oh yeah. my God, Seattle's up 2 0 right now. And that is just delightful. That is incredible. I love to hear that. So I'm going to sign off. We're going to sign off here. We're going to watch the rest of this game. But I just wanted to give a big shout out to everybody who continues and who has supported us throughout this wild season. It's been so much fun providing content for you guys, interacting with a lot of the listeners and, you know, all you beauties on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube now as well. We're going to continue to post YouTube clips throughout the summer too. So, I mean, folks, if you like to the visual side of the podcast, then, you know, we'll continue to provide that for you guys. Like and subscribe to the soda pod on YouTube. We have our new Twitter account out there. Soda pod at soda pod drop the V on Twitter. So follow us there. And uh, just again, a, a big thank you to all our listeners this season. We're not like, we're not hanging up the skates. Like it, it's not over. We're not taking no break folks, but we just, you know, it's the end of the wild season. So the, the show just gonna, it's going to be a little bit different. I know we get off track. We talk about NHL, topics we talk about beer we talk about random shit pop culture tv all the time as well but uh just just wanted to just acknowledge you know the diehard wild fans who tune into something a little bit different than your michael russo than your sound the foghorn than your locked on wild right where we bring a i i don't know i don't even know if it's comedic copy but we bring a little flavor to the wild podcast scene and uh, we just want to say shout out to everyone who uh who supported us throughout I this mean, season and- Everyone's got their own flavor, though. I think all the podcasts you just listed, plus wild takes, like everyone's got a little something different. Like it's pretty easy we're, to. We're just a little spicy. We're just get, a little spicy. We're just angrier. That's all. <laughs> that's not true. I think all of us are actually angry at this point. I think we're just a lot think, more comfortable expressing it. We 
we are the least professional. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, Seth's you know, fucking credentialed. Devin Zucher right there with us on that. I don't know. That we yeah, yeah. goes no. over toe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they could get credentialed though at this point. So I don't know. I think they're still a little bit more professional than us. <laughs> That's not what I mean by professional. I mean like the way you conduct yourself. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> no, but again, a big shout out to all you diehard wild fans. Don't worry. Like, I know it's painful, but the team the there's a lot of positive positives of the construct of this team, and we'll dive into it in further episodes. Follow Judd's Buds and Spoke Z as all season he's been talking about and highlighting how amazing the prospects are for the Wild. Yeah. So, dude, even better though, uh, obviously with the Wild done and now his Boston Bruins being done, we're going to dive a lot more into the 2023 prospects. We're going to do a go. lot of prep for that. Definitely subscribe to the YouTube if you want to see his breakdown and analysis of. We're probably going to cover at least the top 30, if not more. So, yes, head straight there. There you go. Well, Hoppy, as always, and again, it, it, it's kind of weird signing off this way, but I do want to like acknowledge that it's always so much fun covering the wild and you know covering a hockey season <laughs> with you as my co-host on this podcast, my man. So I know we're going to continue to do it this summer and it's, you know, it, it's business as usual for us moving forward. But for the listeners, I mean, it is a break for them in the season. Maybe some of them won't be as dialed into the playoffs as we are as just like crazy psycho sports and hockey fans, but it's always an honor, my man. And before we sign off here, I just want to say thank you for, uh, for everything this season. I'm sure the fans, uh, thank you as well. So they don't have to listen to me. Just go off about Vancouver Island all day, every day. I, I will accept. Thanks for stopping you from exclusively covering mixed martial arts on here. Um, I, I deserve credit there where it's due, but no, <laughs> outside that, we do this to fuck around and have fun. We are lucky enough to have people that actually tune in and listen. And we're lucky enough to have really cool partners and co-collaborators, whether that's the other podcasts we're talking about, who we'll be doing plenty with this summer, whether that's some of the great breweries we work with. We just brewed our first beer with Lupulin. We've got live events and exciting plans with Loose Line. Back Channel has always been the most gracious hosts, and Josh Letty's always ready to jump on the podcast with us. Timmy Johnson's getting even more in yep. the mix there with, of course, everything over at Barrel Theory. And we've got a lot of other cool partners in the beer space. And of course, our great sponsors you see on the screen, as always, 7th Ave Pizza, Northland Vodka, Better Edge, Waggle Golf. Incredible people, a lot of collaborations. Already talking with Waggle and Northland about working with them on some of their different events or charity stuff. So, I mean, anything, everything. If you guys have things you'd like to see in the summer shoot it over we're pretty uh we'll just say that we're very open to trying ridiculous things especially since it's gonna be my first summer on the ground here in minnesota there's gonna be a lot of fun things especially on the video side for youtube i imagine so uh again a big shout out to everyone who supports us we love you all subscribe to the youtube channel as we're that's growing folks again if you want if you want to see the visual side of stuff and some unique content there as well throughout the summer and moving forward please subscribe to the youtube channel as well the soda pod well that is it for the 2022 2023 minnesota wild season hoppy signing off i'm isha dromi alongside the state of hoppy this has been the soda pod presented by our friends at webby boss 7th avenue pizza better edge or northland vodka <laughs> don't fear just drink some beer and stay wild that was smart of you to not ask if I was good. <laughs>